Turn your Bible, if you would please, the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter number 6, for just a little while tonight. And uh, I, I am, if you didn't hear this morning's message on prayer, I, I would encourage you to go to our website and our live stream and, and, and pull it up, and especially the one last Sunday evening. I'm telling you, they, they, were, they were tremendous messages, and they've helped me, and I hope that... Uh, They've helped you. Now this month, we're about, to, we're about to finalize the month of prayer. And I want you to know something. When you start praying, the devil's going to get mad and aggravate people among us. And there's always a good reason for people to get aggravated. And uh, so I want you to be on guard, if you would, please. And uh, I was looking at a verse this week, thinking about preaching on it, and um, I decided not to because some of you folk might think I was singling you out. By the way, isn't that what I do every time I preach? Can you imagine anybody coming to church and get mad because I'm preaching at them? One guy quit our church one time and said, well, you're preaching at faces. I said, well, have you got another part of your anatomy you'd like me to preach to? And he left our church. He said, you preach at faces. I said, slick, that's all I can see. And I, I, I've been watching those guys that preach and they look over your head. You know, Hey, you got something to say to me? Say it right eyeball to eyeball. Don't, don't look over my head. Don't, you, know, you don't have to beat around the bush. If I'm in your front yard, I ain't yelling at your neighbor. And I read a verse this week. It'd do you good to look it up. Ephesians 4 and 32. It says, be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven us. Tender heart is right the opposite of hard hearted. Hard hearted is always selfish. Hard hearted always knows best. Do you good to memorize that verse? I memorized it about 50 years ago and it's still trying to work its way in my heart. Tonight is the last month, last night of our prayer month, and uh, I, I just thought. I'd see if I could find a Christian somewhere. He dumb glasses. You notice I said dumb glasses? You know why I said they're dumb glasses? They don't talk. But they don't work either. Daniel chapter number six. I found a Christian on his knees. Oh, what our church could be if there were more kneeling Christians. Christians who humbled themselves before an all-sufficient, all-knowing, all-governing God. Who realized that God is in control and not the Wolfenbarger. or the Leroy's, or the police department, 
Wouldn't it be nice if we had more kneeling Christians? Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, going to be done in time for the ball game, although I'm not going to watch it. I am boycotting the NFL. You say, why? I'd rather watch golf. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give an account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Daniel is now between 70 and 80 years old. He's now lived through three of the most powerful Gentile kings in all the Bible. He was brought to captivity by Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar, his son, reigned after him, and now the Medes and the Persians have broken up Belshazzar's tea party and have taken the city and the great metropolis world power of Babylon is now under the reign of Darius, the king of the Medes and the Persians. And Daniel now has lived through all three of these dynasties. All three kings were godless. All three kings were pagan idolaters. All three kings was a monarch. They ran it like they wanted to run it. And Daniel has survived all three of these. I do not know where Daniel was in Daniel 3, but I also don't know where the Hebrew children were in Daniel 6. So I don't know where Daniel was, but I know where he is now. He's been elevated to the third president in the super world power of Babylon and now has been ushered into the media Persian dynasty. And the Bible says, Then this Daniel, chapter th verse 3, was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. What a testimony. What a testimony. This guy's lived through a living hell three or four times and still got a good spirit about it. He's been persecuted, threatened, jerked out of his own country, taken to a foreign country, bless your heart, and made to do what he does not want to do and yet, he has a good spirit. Isn't that, is that, isn't that amazing? Amen. What would it take to get you sideways spiritually? What would it take to make you mad at me? You said you've already accomplished that tonight. Would it take me walking up and saying, is that your nose? Are you eating a banana? Or maybe a lion's den. Or maybe not 
agreeing with everything that Brother Sean does. Maybe, maybe that. Just what would it take tonight to affect your spirit? And the Bible goes on to say, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion, nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. This is quite a man. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Does your family know that the only way they can get you sideways is talking about their God? Talking about their God? They're going to trick Daniel now. They're jealous. They don't like what's going on. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. Verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom. Now wait a minute. I thought Daniel was a president. And they done told the king a big fat lie. All the presidents. Three presidents. Daniel is chief honcho of the presidents. And they've gone to the king and lying about Daniel. Has anybody ever lied about you? All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes and the counselors, the captains and, and the con counts and consultants, together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that Whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, I don't know why a king would have a, a den full of lions. I'd say he's not too smart. Either that, he had a very unusual way of handling problems. Now, if I had a den around here, I'm sure people would talk less about me. <laughs> Especially if I didn't feed the lions on a regular basis. Who was the other day? I'm not saying it was. It must have been one of our deacons. He said, I'll tell you what, I don't feed my cat. He feeds himself. He runs down possums. Pretty good sized cat, would you say? If I had me a den of lions, I wouldn't feed them either. I just, let's go on. Now watch this, you know. Now, O king, he established the decree. Verse 9, whereas King Darius signed the, and signed the writing and decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he began to complain become politically correct and went on Fox News and asked everybody to pray for him. He went into his house and his windows being open, 
I'd probably shut the windows. I didn't, wouldn't want anybody to see me. Because I remember the lions. Did he folk remember the lions? And Daniel, when he knew it was written, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed. What did he pray? And give thanks for the God as he did aforetime. Verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. I was reading this the other day, and I guess Brother Andrew and I have preached on just about everything in the world you can imagine about prayer. Over these 30-some years that I've been here, I probably have not preached less than 10 series or more on prayer. I preached a series one time on praying the scriptures. Does any of you folk remember that? On how to pray the scriptures. If you do not know how to pray, the best way I know of is take your Bible, turn to the book of Psalms, and begin reading, and as God speaks to your heart, you pray that verse. You say, well, that won't work with me. Well, I... Surely you can get one out of nine or ten series that I've done. So I thought tonight I'd just try to find somebody that could teach us a little bit about a Christian on their knees. And what does it teach us when we see a Christian on their knees? Daniel has been tested and tried every kind of situation you can imagine. You remember his flesh has been tried. When he first arrived in Babylon, they began to dictate to him his food, his diet, to what he was to eat. Didn't you folk remember that? And they set before him all the king's dainties, the meat from the king's table. You remember that? Have you ever been tempted with food? Some folks do not eat to live. They live to eat. They can put it away, man. In fact, food kills more people than cigarettes. Messed this sermon up, didn't it? Amen. He was tempted in his flesh with his diet. I don't know many here tonight that is not tempted the same way by a king, the prince, and power of the air, and we Americans are fat and sassy. Brother Andrew, 
as a perfect example, was asked by the president of his college to give a testimony the other day to the up and outers. Me and Sean were there and we were the down and outers. And I was sitting there by Andrew and the president of the college that Andrew graduated, quit, uh, whatever he did out there, walked over and said, Brother Andrew, it seems that you've grown a little since you graduated. Andrew said, that's none of your stinking business. Inside, outside, he said, yes, sir. He's been spending too much time at the feed trough. What are you laughing about? You see, if the devil can't get you one way, he'll get you another. Compromise is compromise where there's flesh. And then the devil tried to nail Daniel not only with his flesh, but the devil tried to nail him also with his intellect. Oh, by the way, Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream. Nebuchadnezzar, what do you know about the stars? And what do you know about uh, uh, the animal life? And what do you know about fat animals and slim animals? And what do you know about this? And Daniel was tested intellectually. What do you know about your God? What do you know about God? What do you know about the Word of God? And Daniel was tested not only fleshly, but intellectually. Daniel now is an old man and he's gone through these testings and these trials and his spirit has been tested. His religious life has been tested. Go ahead and eat that meat, Daniel. It'll be all right after all. Nobody will watch you. Nobody will see it. And the Bible said, and Daniel purposed in his heart before he left Jerusalem. He purposed in his heart before he got to Babylon. He purposed in his heart before he got to the buffet. I'll not do it. Well, I thought this would be a better sermon than that. Maybe I get on. Maybe I better get on down on the prayer side. Don't you guess? But Daniel was tested in the flesh. Been tested lately. Daniel was tested in his intellect. Been tested. Anybody ask you lately uh, what I've got to do to be saved? Well, I'd go soul him. I'm afraid somebody asked me a question. I don't know. You know what you do when they say that? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I'll be back tomorrow night with the answer if you'll just let me come back. I had a fellow one time, you're not going to believe this, I had a fellow one time that I probably witnessed to him straight, straight on a Saturday all day long up until the night, went back the following Thursday night, and for hours I sat there and witnessed that man. I'd say probably I, I witnessed that guy for at least 30 hours before he ever got saved. He had some questions. Question whether I knew what I was talking about or not. And you're worried about one question? Daniel, I've had a dream. Now, if you can't, if you can't interpret that dream, I'm going to throw you the lines. You say, wait a minute, he didn't say that. How do you know he didn't? 
He didn't write it down since I'm preaching this sermon. If the lines were there, why not throw him to them? Don't waste good meat. Got to feed them lines. He was tested emotionally, spiritually. Have you, have you been tested lately? Has somebody said something to you that crossed your grain? His spirit is tried. And here I want you to notice something. For all those years, from a teenager to 70, 80 years old, living in a heathen, idolatrous country, they said they checked old Daniel out and his spirit was right. His faithfulness was right. He still maintained his integrity. We can too, amen. If Daniel can, we can too. You know why? Because Daniel knew what to do when trouble came. He talked to the right one when problems came. Amen. So what do you learn? What do you learn? What do you learn? Well, today I just jotted down two or three things about this Christian on his knees praying. And when I look at Daniel on his knees, I see unfailing faith. Faith that fails is not faith at all. Faith that will not work in the face of the lion's den surely will not work when it comes to death. Unfailing faith. I just absolutely believe with all my heart that Daniel's faith exceeded all of his difficulties. Even when they said, you got to eat this. Even when they said, you got to bow down to the idol. Even when they said, you better not pray. Daniel did what God wanted him to do. His faith was unfailing. The Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? Faith is not seeing it, believing it, acting like it's already done. Can you understand that? Faith is believing God is going to take care of it. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? If God told you to jump through that wall, it's not up to you to call a construction company to get a jackhammer. It's up to you to run and jump. It's up to God to make the hole. Don't tell me to run and jump because I'm not going to do it. Faith, unfailing faith, is substance of things hoped for. And in your life, it's evidenced by the action that you're taking. What if I swelled up like a toad frog every time somebody didn't do what I wanted them to do around the church? What if I had said no? God's not able to buy this property. Look like you're enjoying it. Well, only me and God knows what I went through because I didn't take your advice. And now you own it and it's paid for. 
faith is believing God, then acting just like it's already done. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. For we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Anybody believe that? Huh? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For they that come to God must believe that he is. Do you believe God is? Do you believe God is? That he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Daniel is a man on his knees with the windows open and all his enemies looking at him, praying, knowing that he's going to be cast into the lion's den. But he just believes that his God is bigger than any lion in all of Babylon. Unfailing faith. I want that. The older I get, the more I want unfailing faith. Faith shines brightest in the darkest hour. Faith, bless your heart, his faith was stretched but not strained. Have you ever had your faith stretched? Situations come your way. That you just don't know how you're going to do it. But you just hang on believing that it'll be all right in the end. Daniel's faith has been stretched but not strained. I see Daniel on his knees. I see a man praying and I see his faith didn't shirk when washed in the waters of affliction. Listen to me now. Listen Listen, listen. We don't need any help from Christians to stretch our faith. Let's learn to be kind to one another. The devil is unkind. Let's learn to be tender-hearted toward one another. The devil's hard-hearted and all of his imps and all the demons of hell are very selfish and wants to tear down and undermine everything that's going on. And don't don't forget, our kids are watching. And there's nothing affects a kid like a tender-hearted, kind, forgiving kind of person. Are you listening to me? Old Daniel on his knees reminds me of of unfailing faith. I want that kind of faith. Would you believe I'm going to die one of these days? My prayer to God is that I would not tear down in the dying hours of my life what I've tried with all my heart to build up for 50 years. And that gospel that I've preached And that grace that I've talked about and that dying grace that I've sang about, I want to do it with a smile on my face to encourage others that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Dear God, I want that unfailing faith.
that when the lions begin to roar and the windows are open and all the devil's imps are said, he'll bow, he'll bow. No, he won't. I want that unfailing faith to carry me through. That's what I see when I see Daniel on his knees. And oh, how we need that kind of Christian, do we not? I need that kind of faith. Uh, You say, I'm going to quit now. You say, why? Because I'm hungry. When I see Daniel on his knees, I think about that unlimited consecration. Daniel is completely consecrated to the Lord. Consecration means to set apart as holy or to devote for sacred use. And Daniel decided a long time ago before he left Judea, before he ever got on the horse or was uh, handcuffed to take across the Arabian desert for a four-month journey over there to be cast into prison and be captive to the Babylonians, long before that ever happened, Daniel decided in his heart, the Bible said he purposed in his heart. It's Daniel 1 and verse 8. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's meat. Now, it was about 50 years ago when I walked down the aisle not to be saved, but to answer the call to preach. Didn't say I could preach. I just said God called me to preach. And that night, I left my tool and die shop. I left all that hell I'd been raising. And I gave all that I am and all that I will ever be completely over to the master's use. That's consecration. Elijah, Elisha killed the oxen and burnt the plows. Not going back. Not going back. I haven't been smelling of leeks and garlics like the Jews did down in Egypt. I've I've left nothing that I want to return to. And when I see Daniel on his knees, I see a man completely, totally given over, devoted to God for his use. That's the only way a Christian's ever going to be happy anyhow. Straddling the fence, being a benedictoral, ain't never going to get it. Set apart it was David, Daniel was more, consecration was more than just mere words. His consecration was public, the Bible said, and the enemy saw him with the window open. Daniel said, I'm not hiding from this deal. Don't worry about that. And let me tell you something. They didn't have to make a law. 
for me to say that I supported Trump. They need to make a law to get me to say I would support Hillary. Then I would break the law. I'm not worried about separation of church and state. I'm worried about Gene separating from this stinking world and taking on a world's philosophy. And you got to get along. I don't have to get along with anybody but God. Are you listening to me? And that's who I'm going to take orders from. Because I did that a long time before you got here. In fact, I did that a long time before I got here. And when I see Daniel on his knees and the lions roaring and his enemies laughing and we got him now. When I see Daniel on his knees, I see a person that is completely consecrated with unfailing faith to serve the master. Of course, when you're too busy to get on your knees, you don't have to worry about the rest of it. If you're too busy to pray once a day, you, you might be strapped with Daniel's deal three times a day. We all need to pray all day, every day. That would help us, amen? Now, and I got to close because it's almost uh, 7.30. Can you imagine me getting through at 7.30? Watch this. <laughs> Do it now just to get even richer. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking to you about tonight? I mean, we've all got pain. We've all got problems. We all have issues, do we not? The devil's always trying to knock us down. Is that not so? The devil's always trying to discourage us. Is that not so? Well, you know what? It didn't discourage Daniel. They said, don't pray. Daniel said, uh, which window would you like me to open? And let me tell you, I'm going to tell you what time I'll be praying if you'd like to watch. Huh? Say, well, kids can't pray in school. What do you mean they can't pray in school? Just bow your head and say, Lord, thank you for this food and kill anybody that don't like it. You say, well, they'll kick you out of school. I've been kicked out of a lot of good places. In fact, I got kicked out of school and wasn't even praying. <laughs> if I knew that, it got me out of school. Ha! I'd have prayed more than anybody in school. I think I had 64 swats coming at one time. You say, what for? Well, they just wanted to try out them new tennis shoes they buying. Can you imagine? Well, my kid can't pray in school. Yeah, your kid can pray in school. Yeah, all you got to do is just bow the head. They say, well, kick them out. Well, now, would you rather school kick them out or God kick them out? Huh? Yeah. Daniel, don't you pray. Okay, I won't. What time will you guys be watching? How about 9, 12, and 6? That's the, that's the first hour third hour, sixth hour. If you guys will just turn in and I'll live stream it for you. And Daniel knelt. 
You know, he could have prayed like this. Amen. You ever seen folk pray over their food in public? Amen. <laughs> like they're wiping their nose or something. Uh, yeah, you can pray. Daniel prayed three times. And I think about this. And I want to apply it to my life, not yours. Unfailing faith. I want unfailing faith. I want faith that will work when it's difficult. I want faith that will work when nothing else works. Here's the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, I haven't been able to sleep in several, several weeks. You say, what do you do? I sit up at night in a chair. And, uh, and I watch television a while, and I'll pray a little while, I'll read my Bible a while, and then I go see if I got a dog left. I was going to go coon hunting, but uh, chihuahuas don't do good on coon hunting. Whatever kind of dogs I'm feeding down there for Craig and Brother Andrew here. Uh, and I don't, I don't get much sleep. Do you realize how difficult it is to watch a decent program after 10 o'clock? And anybody that watches TV after 10 and they're not quick on the draw, you're going to get hooked. It don't take 10 dirty pictures to hook you. It don't take eight And if you're not consecrated, totally set apart, you'll not be able to say no. Because they don't quit. It's every day. It's every minute. Every hour. Total consecration is totally given over to God. This is not mine. This belongs to somebody else. Daniel, you're crazy. No, 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 I'm not crazy. This is, the game's not over. And Daniel prayed. And also jotted down this. Daniel on his knees. I see unchanging determination. You know, I never did learn how to quit. Listen to me. Kids, don't ever learn how to quit. You know how you learn to quit? By giving up and quitting. Daniel did not know how to quit. In difficult times, easy times. In blessed times, in not so blessed times. In hurting times, in difficult times. Daniel did not know how to quit. My wife and I, we were talking the other day. She won't talk to me very much. 
because I'm always picking on her from the pulpit. <laughs> and we were just thanking God for you folk who thick and thin misunderstandings, not really understanding why we've done some things, but you're still here and you're still our friends. We are so blessed, so blessed. We were talking, Andrew and I were talking, and not many churches has the longevity and faithfulness of faithful friends that our church has experienced. Amen. Some of you folks, if I'd have been you, no, I probably wouldn't have quit. But you had every reason in the world to. I've done things over these years you didn't understand. But if you'd asked me, I'd have told you, I don't understand it either. But I had this to guide me. Okay? Just an unrelentless determination. Amen? You know, when I started this church 21 years ago, 31, how many years? 30, when I started this church, I don't know. You forget a lot of stuff. That's the reason you don't quit, huh? When I, when I when we started this church 30-some 30, 30 years ago, I had no idea of what it would grow into, honest. It's so have outgrown me. It's so much larger than a Tennessee Hibbley country boy off the farm. Not a valedictorian. Would you believe it didn't even make salutatorian? Would you believe when I graduated couldn't spell either one of them? And I look at what God has done. And it's not because of talent. It's not because of leadership. Not because of administration. It's just bulldog tenacity of getting it done. Trusting God to do it. When I see somebody on their knees, I see somebody with an unfailing faith. I see somebody with an unlimited, unlimited consecration. And I see somebody that just don't know how to quit. They're determined to get an answer. To get God in on their situation. Amen. When I do this, I'm done. Right before I tell you, I see an unusual deliverance. Look at verse 22. And I'm done. Daniel, what are you doing on your knees? Well, I don't know. Let me see. 
And the Bible says in verse 19, Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. Verse 20, And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lion's den? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocence was found in me. And also therefore thee, O king, I have done no hurt. When I see a Christian on their knees, I'm reminded that the answer's on the way. Deliverance is just around the corner. I don't know what you're going through, and I know what some of you are going through, and I know some of the things on some of your hearts. Don't give up. Don't give in. Just keep on. Keeping on. Is there anybody here tonight that would dare to be a Daniel? Is there anybody here tonight that would dare to be that Christian on their knees with unfailing faith, unlimited consecration, an absolute, unchanging determination. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. We've got a wonderful privilege tonight. I think the posture of prayer mentioned in the text is the posture of humility. The posture of complete submission not to me or to Andrew, but to our God whom we serve just like you do. I think it'd be a good thing tonight to be determined to be that Christian on their knees to God.